You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony. This week on the show, we have Kat Howell. She's the author of Magic Source Codes, The Craft of Reality. We discuss how masturbation can make you rich, and so much more. Hello, I am Kat Howell, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Kat Howell. She's the author of Magic Source Codes, The Craft of Reality. Hello, Kat. Hello, hello. So excited to be here with you, Tony. Are you? Are you really? Are you just saying I am, that? actually. I am. Really? Actually, oh, okay. <laughs> I love connecting with like authors or people that are in this space as well. And uh-huh. uh, it's such a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I like, well, your space is kind of very esoteric and, um, and I love like finding out things esoteric and how are like the reality. So what are the magic source codes? He says, uh, without having anything prepared. And that might be the most, uh, simple, simplistic (laughs) question he's ever asked in his life. So the magic source codes is just a, a, a beautiful, fancy statement to, explain a process of inner alchemy that each and every single one of us is capable of that and, we and are. when we say the word alchemy what how what is the definition of alchemy because like for me I, I still don't quite know the exact definition but I kind of feel like I know it a little bit mm, yeah and I think maybe my definition is uh not the definition that a lot of the alchemists or spiritualists would have in in this group. I use the word alchemy because sometimes when I say magic, people just assume a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat trick and it can confuse people. Alchemy to me, magic to me, is the process of creating physical change through thought alone, through the non-physical. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So, so if, so if we have the thought, say I'm a fat dude, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I go and I go, I think I'm a thin dude. That alone does nothing. Right. Or or am I hitting the thought in the wrong direction? Okay. So law of attraction (laughs) manifestation circles and this is uh, let me uh, explain the difference between alchemy and typical manifestation and And i'll keep my mouth and i'll keep my mouth okay okay no no no. i love that question i love it it's perfect i was always big on mindset ever since i started my my business and i began to encounter a lot of entrepreneurs i had never heard of the words affirmation alignment mindset was never a meditator And then I hired my first business mentor and he introduced me to meditation, law of attraction principles. I was really kind of like eye roll. Oh God, what is this stuff? But I was in a rock and a hard place financially. So I I did what he asked me to do. And I experienced insane growths as in my business hit $20 million in three years. And this is after years and years of just spinning my wheels in the same spot, revenues, yo-yoing, never getting anywhere. 
So that's so, I became, so twenty million dollars. That's a large figure that I just throw out there. Let's go back to the twenty million dollars. Is that your current business? I sold that company two years. You sold ago. that company. So yeah. so how so how does a how does a fellow like me get twenty million dollars in three years like you? Yeah. So let me explain this. Yeah. So a lot of the exercises that I did back then that was like manifestation, law of attraction. And those exercises were basically getting really, really clear on the intention of what you want. And then a lot of what they do in those in those circles of manifestation is affirming that to yourself or in being with the feeling space is what you'll hear them say a lot, right? Find the feeling space. So it was oh, very simple. I just, I, I'll keep interrupting you because yes, this, this is how this show goes. <laughs> but um. But the it's very interesting because I hear that too when I'm when it's just like don't try to manifest something. Think of the feeling you'll you have you will have when you get there, and then your body if your body feels that, then all then the body's kind of ahead of us. The body's almost ahead of our mind. So if the body feels like oh wait this is great having tw- a twenty million dollar business. And it, the body's already there. The body moves us in that direction. Now, is that for us? Now, is that a simplistic way for a fellow like me to understand? Yes, because what we know scientifically is that this emotions determine our decision making. Without emotions, so when scientists lobotomize the part of the brain in cancer patients that are responsible for emotions, what they discovered is that. When you take that out of the brain, people were incapable of even deciding what cereal to have to for breakfast or what to wear. Mm-hmm. So your every decision, every behavior, every action you take in this physical world is regulated by your emotions. We know this to be true. So it's so, tapping a part of the brain that we don't give um, that that we don't we we're always interested in the intellect, how intellectual we are, but it's almost higher than the intellect. Is that the case? So it is your, this is the alchemy. The emotions are essentially the vibration. That's what people would call as your vibration, right? It's a, it's a, it's a wavelength makeup that, that you emit into this wavelength reality. This is not woohoo made up stuff like your phone. The zoom call is tapping into invisible non physical wavelengths for us to do this. We inhabit a reality that is made of wavelengths, non-physical, physical physical particles, dimensions to it. And as humans, we are vibrational beings that receive these vibrations, sound, touch, sight, right? These are all wavelengths, all vibrations. We transmute them through our body, through our senses, but we also send out signals. And these the, the, these vibrations is essentially the chemistry of your emotions, which in themselves are regulated by your perspectives, your beliefs, your paradigms, uh, your your thoughts. Right? Those are essentially what regulate your emotions. So, at the very beginning, when I encountered meditation and all these things, I was doing very simple exercises around uh, invocation where I would go test drive the dream cars, even though I couldn't afford them. I would go to open homes that were way beyond my budget. Unbeknownst to me at the time, this is actually a technique of alchemy called Mm. invocation. Mm -hmm. And it's been around for 
pretty much since the, the, the dawn of human spirituality, as long as we've been around. Another thing I was doing at that time was something I encountered from Napoleon Hill, uh, Think and Grow Rich. The book is whatever, uh, conflicting opinions on it, but there was a part around it, around sexual transmutation. And so this is like masturbating <laughs> to your desires. So I was mm -hmm. doing that. Again, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me, that is actually a method of sex magic that's been used for thousands and thousands of years. By okay, now we got to stop there for a second. Masturbating <laughs> to our desires. Yes, so, I so, highly, highly recommend because okay. think about this. The, the rest of the show is about this, by the way. Go ahead. Okay, good. I love this. <laughs> so the, the highest form of creation in this physical world is life itself, right? Because it's like, how do, how do we... Two humans get together. I mean, we can do it kind of in the labs and stuff, but but that's not fun. That's not fun. <laughs> it and is I don't want to test two baby kids. <laughs> so you have this, and that is sexual energy behind that, right? It mm -hmm. is behind one of the highest forms of physical manifestations that we can create in this physical world, creating life itself, which is sexual energy behind that. So when you start to harness that energy, it's very powerful energy, very, very powerful energy. When you start to harness that energy towards your desires, it I've had incredible results. I never so, said- So let's get to that. So let's get very specific. We're going to talk about masturbation here for a minute. Okay. <clears throat> now, would, would it, would, my first question is, would it be more powerful if say you, are, you and your lover have the same emotional- goals of sorts and so you have sex instead of masturbate it, it, there's so there's like a mutual coming together yeah you can do it with your partner oh. i've had my partner draw sigils across my breasts and masturbate mm. on them um you can you can do it with your partner you don't have to have the same goals okay. because you're thinking about it in your head what i will say uh, and i'm not going to comment too much on this because i'm a woman and i don't really know how this works with men that well but what i am aware of is that what they try to advise men is that you don't come because actually mm -hmm. men lose that sexual energy and that's why they tell sporting teams not to have sex the night before because they want the guys to have that sexual energy inside of them because it's so powerful so once you come as a man, you you kind of release it. And what yeah. you want to do is actually uh, not ejaculate. So orgasm without an ejaculation. I don't really know the mechanics behind that because I don't have a penis. You, you, well, all you do is just stop before you do it. Okay. Yeah. That's, so it's I'm really sure, easy. I don't know how to do it without <laughs> blue balls, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no, you probably get blue yeah. balls. But but um but it's that's a that's kind of tantric as well. That's that's hitting like one hundred percent. Yeah. 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 So this is about being using that, but being right. intentional about your desires. So now, so so the, um just I just want to talk about desires first because they're like test driving a new car and going to into open homes that are way out of your price range. That's kind. Of, those are those are those are material desires. Now is is. Yeah, for I know I don't and I you know maybe it's the weird I grew up a weird Christian when I was a kid I got out of the Christian thing but at the same time is is it is it is that is material is striving for the material success before wanting before understanding how to uh what's important about how to make that money 
Does that make sense? Yes, I know what okay. you're saying. And right. yes, you're right. The, you, inherently, your core doesn't care about a nice car. It doesn't care about a lover. It doesn't even care about your kids or travel or any of that. What your core desires and the reason why it seeks relationships or a fat bank account or cer certain circumstances it, and the reason why we buy anything is because we believe it will make us feel a certain way, right? So the 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 root of the desire is always actually an expansion of a green. Green is an emotional state that feels well within the body. We're all just trying to feel a little bit better. Even the serial killers, the psychopaths. So the green is like joy, flow, love, pleasure, play, enthusiasm, gratitude, all of these things. We, we're seeking expansions of those greens always and always. So when you're in a lot of reds, which is the opposite, overwhelm, anxiety, depressed, I would stay away from trying to manifest specific things like cars or a certain amount of money or a certain relationship because you're going to actually get yourself more frustrated because really you don't care about those things. Those are the middlemen. Those are the conditions that you believe are necessary for you to obtain that expansion of green. You're better off actually making the intention, the abundance, the feeling of abundance, the feeling of confidence, the feeling of security. That's what your core wants. So this is the alchemy. This is the alchemy is discerning what it is that you desire what you're telling yourself and it's very obvious to know what you want when you are clear on what reds you're tracking in when you become aware of where you are tracking emotionally and where you spend most of your time in the reds are you mostly depressed are you mostly tired are you mostly overwhelmed well through the principle of polarity shared in the kaibalian we know that there is polarity in emotions as well so if you're feeling overwhelmed, what you're really saying is you're, you have conditions over your ability to be in a state of flow, because flow is the total opposite to overwhelm. You can work for 15 hours when you're in flow and you can keep going. And it's a compulsion. No one can pull you away from it. But when you're overwhelmed, you work three hours and it feels like you've been hit by a bus, right? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different experience. So I'm like sitting here going, you know me. Yeah. Well, you probably, yeah. So, so you're, what you're saying when you're in a lot of overwhelm is like, Hey buddy, you have conditions over your ability to create the alchemy of flow within yourself. You're waiting on conditions in your outside reality to line up a certain way for people to do a certain things or say a certain things. And then you will feel this feeling. What we're talking about here is going, ah, I know that I desire flow because I'm mostly tracking in overwhelm right now. So I'm going to create that alchemy within myself first and foremost. Now, manifestation and law of attraction is like the PG-13 of alchemy. It's the mass market uh, picture because there's so much stigma around magic and alchemy because of religious you know, doctrines throughout the years and, and probably even Akashic traumas that a lot of us carry, right? And so now, what, what is the definition for, for, a, for a guy that doesn't know that much? What's the definition of Akashic? Uh, I'm not a big like Akashic records person, but it's basically collective consciousness. Oh, OK. OK. So yeah. it's it, it's it's kind of like in the uh, the human collective right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's not so, like 
some people might say like, oh, there, if you believe in past lives, for example, a lot mm -hmm. of us may have been burned or persecuted for believing in alchemy or practicing these. So the collective consciousness has traumas around this subject matter, right? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, my, that kind of blew my mind. So, cause I've been talking to friends about past lives too, cause I've been, I've been taking astrology classes. I've been, nice. I've been reading about this alchemy stuff. Um, I think even one of my uh, astrology teachers was, she did a quote from you and then that's when I went, well, she's interesting. And then I asked if you wanted to come on the show. So, um, so where was I before I did that whole thing was the, um, the, the past lives, the past thinking. lives. What? The, yeah. So it, it's like, I kind of understand it and, and it's, I, I get the, I get like, gen, I also understand generational trauma. And I mean, I understand generational trauma because I come from a very dysfunctional family that, um, that, that actually is when it comes to abundance or wealth, they like say it's like they are working class, and those people who are rich are just utter evil. awful people, right? Yeah. So that's been that's been the tapes that they've been rolling over and over again. Now I, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm totally open to past lives or not. Might be a thing. It might just be gen. And this is how this is just me grasping it because I don't know any of it. But it might be generational trauma because. There's that working class um, thing where even with me, it was just like I stepped away from that and went, no, I'm not just going to get a union job and just be miserable like you people. I'm a, I'm going to be a writer, but I never thought that I could be a financially big writer. I And this thought's kind of new to me because I always thought as a writer, we suffer. We yeah. suffer for Van Gogh cut off his ear for a prostitute and had nothing. You know what? I don't go to prostitutes, but the nothing thing feels really comfortable. And that's a bad flow. Right. So let or me no? explain this to you very, very clearly. Money, <laughs> yes, is an Money represents value. Yeah. Right. Yes. And value is uh, the worth of something. And like I said at the beginning, we're all just trying to feel better. We purchase things because we're seeking an expansion of green. Even the person who purchases something in vengeance, they're doing it because they're trying to expand a sense of justice, a green, right? Yeah. So we're all just trying to expand green. So value is an expansion of green. And if money is simply a measurement of value, money is also an expansion of green. We've been told this really twisted narrative, and especially you're an, you're an author and you understand the power of storytelling mm -hmm. and how literally the human mind is constructed to everything is a story. Everything yes. we do is a story. And the stories we tell about money are some of the most conflicted ones we have, where the villains are always the bad guys. Poverty is something noble. Wealth is something... Um, evil and greedy and especially in the artistic community it's like they we martyr ourselves because it's like you know i am i'm renouncing this thing but really if money is an expansion of a green it is in your soul's purpose for you to obtain more money and in fact for the collective consciousness it enhances everybody money in itself is not good or bad it's just a human construct it's just a measurement of a green. So 
in, in manifestation and law of attraction circles, they would tell you, well, just find an affirmation and, you know, I can be a successful author, blah, 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 and affirm this to yourself over and over again and, and, and try to feel this feeling space. But the truth of the matter is, and the reason why I started to struggle with this, this method a bit was because often, like you've identified, those beliefs are so deeply rooted whether they're from this this lifetime or another, who fucking knows? They're so rooted in our subconscious that when we affirm ourselves these things, it's like we have a voice in the back of our mind going, yeah, fucking right. And it actually doesn't do anything, you know? And th that's why a lot of people struggle to succeed with manifestation and law of attraction principles. Why I love alchemy and the reason why I, I decided to immerse myself was when I realized a, much of the techniques that come from law of attraction are plagiarized directly from ancient spiritual book of the dead, uh, yeah. what the ancient Egyptians talked about. It comes straight from those books. It's just renamed in a mass market manifestation because to position it as alchemy is too triggering for people. It's too much stigma. People are like, this is weird. I don't want anything to do with so it. So do you, do you think is that, do you think that's why a lot of these, uh, people come at it from that angle do they understand themselves that it is alchemy but they don't want to say it because they want to sell more books kind of thing oh or i don't actually think they know that because okay. i had to do a lot of digging and mm -hmm. it it only happened because i encountered a podcast that episode with a dr dean radin he wrote the book real magic really highly recommend i had a very rational mind and to me, even though I was meditating, mindset, vision boards, magic to me was like, oh my God, go smoke a joint. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so wait, wait, so what's his name again? So I can know. <laughs> Dr. Dean Radin. Okay. Really okay. amazing guy. He was like, Dr. Joe Dispenza is the one that helped me connect the science to meditation and mindfulness when I first yeah, made he's that an That's an interesting he's book. Awesome. But, he, but, at the, but at the same time, I also read him. And I don't want to say plagiarizing because we're all we're all just sponges, just regurgitating everything that we've taken in. And it feels like he kind of does that a little bit, too. But he does it. in a, um, I like the way he does it, though. He's the, he he connects a lot of the science, which is what mm -hmm. my mind needed. Yeah, it needed to go like, oh, this is scientifically backed up. So Dr. Dean Radin did that. Same thing, but for magic, he connects the, he does a lot of research around uh, uh, psychic paranormal stuff. And so when I read his book, I started to open my heart up and I started to explore these ancient texts and dig deeper. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, <clears throat> holy shit, sexual transmutate. Wait, what? This is alchemy? Invocation. Sh what? You read the Book of the Dead and some of these ancient, ancient scripts and what they tell you to create magic in your life is this. This is the process. Think of the desire in your mind. Be still in your body. Feel the sensation in your body. It's the same fucking thing. Now, where magic and alchemy differs and why it's the R18 version is it uses another step called Gnosis, altered consciousness. G-N-O-S-I-S. -I, I, I say it wrong and people call me out on that all the time. This is the way it's I thought you said it perfectly. Okay. You're, you. you're, you're, you're in New Zealand right now, right? 
Yeah, but I'm Canadian. But I've been yeah, yeah, because because yeah. you're not you're not like evoking uh, New Zealand accent at all. Okay, Canadian that makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> evoking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, we, we're getting off topic on that, and we'll yeah. get off topic because and then we get back on topic. That's how this works. What what brought you from Canada to New Zealand? Oh, I got imported by my ex husband. Oh, okay. You got you got imported. <laughs> You're an import. What do you, now? Yeah. Why now? Why would you say an import? Because that suggests that uh, New Zealand is the authority when you're an export of Canada. With your <laughs> I'm walking. an export. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. So so you got to, so when so when did you find this? When, were you married when you found this? Um, these teachings and desires, or, or was Love it after? Yes. Yeah, law of attraction, uh-huh. manifestation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was married for that. Yeah, and uh, and then that's when you went. Oh wait, I'm with the wrong guy. <laughs> I knew for a while. It was one of those things where I had too much fear, <laughs> and we knew it wasn't right. And uh, I'm very grateful. We have a great yeah. relationship. Oh, that's good. That experience. Yeah. But uh, wait, did you make the? T- did you do the twenty million dollar business while you were married? uh half half it was like did he get half half. he he, got half on the way out he got he did really well let's just say that (laughs) it paid off he's like like i I attracted his law of attraction literally yeah (laughs) all right right. we'll we'll get off of your extreme personal life but go ahead I i just want to say uh with that period when i made that money and with those principles, those, those techniques of like journaling, meditation, vision boards, simple things. I wasn't setting the intention to make $20 million. That was so foreign to me. There's no way I could have even connected with that number as a reality for myself. Again, it was going back to the root of the feeling of what I wanted. And I will say that the other thing that worked really well, and the reason that it all worked really well in reprogramming those subconscious beliefs that I had, because I too grew, grew up around the narratives of money requires hard work, sacrifice, rich people will screw you over. It's not safe to have money around. People will come after you. Don't talk about success, right? Like all of these things I grew up with, they were strong stories in my own narrative. And I struggled with them in my business for three years, never really getting anywhere. And a huge shift there was that when I made that investment in that business mentor, it actually placed me in a community of entrepreneurs that were performing at the level that I desired And I will say that as herd creatures, humans, we're so social. The desire to fit in and belong is one of the strongest drivers in humanity. And they argue it's even stronger than love sometimes, you know, like Mm -hmm. personal. Oh, yeah, yeah. The desire to fit in and be part of the herd. We're programmed this way and we will normalize what our peers do. Very is the fastest way to normalize something for yourself. A new belief system is to just fucking go find new friends that are believing that that have normalized that now, because you spend a bit of time with them and you will normalize that for yourself. And what and what was the business? Because it's like how important was the mission? Like, tell me what the name of the, like kind of what the business was, but how important was the mission of the business to you? Uh, I didn't have a fucking mission. I never had a business plan, never had a mission. I went to university for business. They told me to write all this stuff. Never fucking happened (laughs) once with any of my businesses. I've built $3 million companies. The the, the intention at the time was pure play and gratitude. 
Okay. Like initially the intention when I hired the business mentor was my husband lost his job. My business was only doing 3000 a month. We were about and, to and what and what home. and what was that what was the 3000 a month business? What was that? Oh, what I was doing? an advertising I was freelancer. I was a freelancer oh, okay. at that time doing yeah. social media. Okay, like copywriting stuff and all that. Emails. Yeah. All right. Posts, that kind right. of stuff. Yeah. Okay. And, Which uh, kind of feels and, empty too, because that I, I really liked how you brought up earlier about the feeling, the green feeling, and how I feel like advertising is trying to throw that green feeling at us all the time because they want us to buy their product because their product will make us feel green, and product B will make you feel red. Because if you buy Pepsi, you're going to be all red, but if you buy Coke, you're going to be green. Is, it, is that kind of... there's actually nothing wrong with that we want yeah. people to expand we want that the the mistake we make in our society though is that we believe that it is in acquiring or obtaining certain things that we expand those screens so we we build conditions on our own well-being and that's where things get really messed up we need to teach children from a very young age, that your sense of well-being, your greens are actually unconditional because you have an imagination with, which has the capacity to elicit any emotional response you desire. You think of a hot person, it creates a chemistry within you. Sometimes it makes something hard. You know, it literally changes you physically. <laughs> you think of a delicious chocolate cake that's waiting for you at home in the fridge, it elicits salivation. That's your imagination. It has mine, mine elicits, my mind elicits a bigger ass. So I don't like, <laughs> so, so actually I, going back to your the thing at the beginning of the call where you're like, I I want to think that I'm a slim person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, what you'll find is like that is actually literally the only way you will lose weight sustainably. Oh. Even if you go and get uh whatever that stomach surgery is a yeah. lot of those people they actually never align themselves to the vision of a thin person so they just go and gain the weight again anyways right because they're not getting to the root to the core they're not alchemizing what they actually want within themselves and embodying it and this is what happens with people who win the lotto or yes. professional athletes who come into a lot of money you hear this phenomenon where most of them go bankrupt you just want you just made more money than you know your whole fucking town earns in a whole year. Congratulations. Like you, you're set for life. And they have nothing to show for three years later. Why? Because they themselves never vibrationally created the chemistry where they feel safe, they feel deserving, they feel it's okay to be around that money. So they will literally push it away as soon as they get it. And and I and I also feel like there's a psychological thing there where they don't feel okay already in life. And then so they assume that money's going to change that internal feeling, but money itself doesn't change anything, I don't think. That's it, what it, we're talking about. <clears throat> right. Conditional well-being. It doesn't work like that. And that's right. the reason it's twisted in our society. So there's actually nothing wrong with marketers saying, buy my product, it's going to make you feel green. That's actually what value is, what money is. You want to make money, guess what? You're going to have to expand value in other people. It's that simple. You're going to have to figure out what greens you expand in people, and you will have to embody those greens yourself because we're vibrational beings. People will pick up when you're unaligned, and they will not fucking buy from you. When we meet people 
that embody the greens that we desire to expand in ourselves, it's like we can't help but give them our money. We're like, I need to be around you. Who are you? We're right. magnetized to them. Yeah. So you need to, if you want to make more money, it's money is just value. It's a measurement of value. <clears throat> it's simple. You expand value in others. You expand the greens in others. And you make sure that you're aligned to those greens yourself. So if you're promising security to people or you're trying to expand a, a sense of playfulness in people, you better be fucking embodying playfulness because otherwise we will pick that up and it's never going to work. There's nothing wrong with marketers or people saying, hey, this will expand your greens. Buy from me. It's actually how we're expanding. It's how our experiences of life. But the mistake we make is thinking I, when I have this or when this happens, then I will be happy and right. all of that. It doesn't, that doesn't bring work. it Money to will now never fill in that empty void. Right. And yes. that's when you get manic billionaires that are never happy it's never enough because money cannot do that and it's they not, go to dominatrixes and they ask for them to put their spiked heels right into their penises <laughs> well, i think that's like something totally different but yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, like this this is i just this is this is funny because because i'm generation x and i think that so that speaking of trauma and generational trauma i think we have like the baby boomer trauma the generation x trauma generation x trauma is like Man, I'm DYI, man. I'm never going to sell out, man. You know, and then all of it. And I think you're a lot younger than that. You're, you're, are you a millennial? Millennial, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think like right on the edge. Yeah. You're on the edge. So they say, but it's just like even words like entrepreneur, just, it just like, er, I'm going, oh, because I, I like anyone who says, oh, I'm a CEO, I'm like, really? Of what? Because I don't care. You know, and usually they're the CEO of some accounting firm that they put together, but they got to put CEO. And I'm just like, oh, just say you're an accountant. You know, I, oh my I, don't God, go I feel down. like, <laughs> go ahead. I feel like I need to have a session with you now. Because you, you need to have a generation triggered. set, uh, generation X session. <laughs> yeah. You're, when you get triggered by people, by the way, mm -hmm. that is a, that is a portal for your own expansion. Yeah. When you experience when someone says to you, like, I'm this, and you're like, it puts you in a red of like, oh, this person. Yeah. What you're telling yourself in that moment is like, ah, there's a portal of alchemy. Shift your perspective on this person. Because if we are collective consciousness, who the fuck are you to judge someone else? You know? Oh, you I should think be we like, sh you should be like, yeah, this person is so fucking deluded and they're like gloating and it's amazing and it's like hallelujah there's so much fucking diversity and people get to be what they fucking want it should not trigger you and if oh, it should trigger, we should be prejudiced i said that uh in a facetious way but i do think we do need to judge people in order to understand um our so like one you're absolutely right I'm it's it's the hearing entrepreneur and hearing all that is my problem because I have because I because probably I probably means you really desire that deep down like and and it probably means think, you'll yeah. become a millionaire once you <laughs> well it's, I, I think term. see here's the thing I'm uh, but I, I don't want to um I don't want to convey that I'm uh that I that it, it's about the word it's not about the outcome like when people are upset about oh the one percent blah 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 they should do this and this and this and I'm like I'm the guy that's like 
You don't know what it's like to be a one a top one percent earner. You do not know what their day is like. You don't know what their friends are like. You've don't you've never be, even been around that. So I ne I like I never say anything like kind of derogatory to the wealthy class or the it's because because and they also don't know how it's just like we just don't know we're of different tribes be nicer to them and, and you know everyone's mad at elon musk and i'm like he's just a goon he's a goon you know i would i hang out with him of course i would and, you know it's but i don't I, so i don't think uh, ill regard in any of those things i think ill regard of like using and this is the generation x problem and this is my problem but you, you use certain words and that those were words in the 90s where people were people were just going oh yeah i'm ceo and they're just like i'm like you're just trying to get laid dude i know what you are i know what you are that's the thing we just came to it it's a dis it's a dishonest that that's what uh, we're going through my session here and i'm loving this this is great but it's the dishonesty that i it's the it's it's the um it's the inauthenticity because someone who says I'm an entrepreneur, they could be working for Instacart, which is completely fine. I have no, but, but if you pretend like you're above what you do, you know, it's like, I worked in warehouses. I've done like the, I've done like the worst jobs in my life to get, you know, and it's, and it's fine. What do you do? I work in a warehouse. I throw boxes. Well, you know, it's, I, I've, I live in that Los Angeles. I have, I've made a, a, a film about my life is available out there. And it's with great actors. Oh, great. And so you must make a lot of money. No, I've been an extra on TV shows to make money. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but but it's just like, I'm I'm not suggesting that I've become this Hollywood mogul, even though it could look like it, but it's not. And, and it's just, and so the, so I think, and plus the social media, I think there's, I, I think that's also another problem where we're always trying to convey that we're something we're not. Like we could feel really sad inside, but in La in Los Angeles, if you drive 20 minutes out, there's all these poppies that you can take an Instagram photo in front of. And if you jump just right, it looks like you're having the best day of your life. But inside, all you're doing is weeping all the way home. Not that I've ever done that. I'm kidding. I weep all the time. But the um, but the but the thing is, is it's about the inauthenticity of it. It's not about the um the other person's success because I do want people to be successful. I and there are, are people that I don't want to be successful because I don't like what they do or how they do things. Mm -hmm. You just pulled so much truth serum out of me. This has been a great <laughs> session. Thanks. What? <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the invoice no, but does, later. <laughs> does that make sense? Does that like kind of yeah. bring the whole story together of why? I, I still think there's a portal of expansion there for you. Okay. The thing is, you you if you are your reality is a mirror of you. Mm -hmm. uh, your experience of reality is a result of your perspectives and the paradigms and the beliefs that you have. There is every uh, every version of reality, every truth, uh, polarity exists. So yes, there's people that cheat, there's people that slide, there are people that use money in a bad way, but so too are there people that use their wealth for great good, that it, it make money by actually expanding and ethical ways and all of that. And I, when I don't you even mind if they're selfish. Huh? 
I don't even mind if they're selfish or not totally ethical, just as long as they're not being unethical and ruining people. You know, some people just need a seven floor house all to themselves. Yeah, but the and thing I'm not is, worried if, about reality, that. if your reality is a reflection of your perspectives, your thoughts, your paradigms, and you are focused on a version of reality where you are ab actively observing to the point where it's triggering an emotional response from you of dishonesty, inauthenticity, lying and all of that, what do you think you're going to get back from your reality? What do you think you're going to start experiencing I'm, more of? I'm attracting that is what I'm doing. For then, sure. Right? 100%. Oh, my God. Is, you're only focused on one part of the truth. There's actually multiple truths. There's a lot yes. of people that don't do that. There's a lot of people that claim the word entrepreneur that are very ethical, that are very authentic about it. There's actually nothing wrong about a word. Like, it, it, you know, it's like everyone's getting up in well, arms some about gender words. things now. <laughs> and like, but words are just words. They're just symbols that we use as a, a method of communication. You know, they shouldn't yeah. like, if someone says fuck and you like get depressed because somebody said that to you, like, come on, you know, you shouldn't let words affect your well-being in that way so if it's triggering an emotional response to you what i would say is like that is actually a portal that you're inviting yourself to shift your perspective outwards expand to view a different version of reality because it's telling you hey you're looping yourself into experiencing more of this shit you're making your your sense of security and acceptance conditional on what people are saying. And if someone says something you disagree with, it's like, you're a fucking cheat, but you're, you shouldn't use that word. But that's actually not the solution because actually you'll just attract more of those people. <laughs> yeah. And then it will feel like everyone's like that. You know, I remember one time I got looped into that with the, the marketing and advertising space where it was like, everybody's like, you know, everybody's trying to cheat everybody. And I had the same narrative and it was like, my newsfeed was full of these people. I was encountering full of news articles. Like my reality was validating this. It was like, yeah, everyone's a scam artist. This sucks. And I had to really detach myself from that to perceive the other version of reality and to focus myself on that instead because again the only thing i have sovereignty over in this reality is really the alchemy within myself and if my reality is the reflection of my own perspectives and my own paradigms it is in my it is my only job to shepherd this alchemy within myself so that's what we do with that's 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 why i do magic and that I is so that yeah. is so interesting. So I'm sitting there going on this rant thinking that I'm right when essentially all I'm doing is exposing my negative portal of sorts to you. And we all have this, by the way. Yeah. And, and it's harder for us to pick up on our own. Like I am very good at picking it up with yeah. other people. Yeah. And sometimes when it's me, it's like, even when my partner will point it out to me, I'm like, no, I'm not. And then I'm like, fuck, that does, it is a red Every time we feel red, by default, yeah. we are telling ourselves our core is in disagreement with that perspective. Every so, time. So it's but at the same at the same time, we're always gonna feel red at some point, right? I mean, there's there's we always, will always feel reds, and we should right. never look to eradicate reds because reds are what allow us to discern what we want. Hmm. When we experience overwhelm, 
we launch a desire of more time freedom, for example. Yeah. Right? When we experience a narcissistic relationship, we discern a desire to be in a loving relationship. Right. So without the reds, we would have no expansion. We would have no growth. It would be like this homogenous glob of love and nothing would grow, nothing would expand. It is through the reds that we guide ourselves, that we communicate what we want and how to give it to ourselves. The mistake we make in our society is we go, I feel red. I feel frustrated. What is causing this? Oh, it's this person. It's this, this, this. It's the economy. It's the government. It's this. And then we attack these things. We go in resistance to them. And we wonder why our lives get harder and harder. And we get more broke and more fucking frustrated by the day because we're we're focused on a red. We're focused on resistance. What else are we going to attract? What wow. else could we possibly experience from reality when that is our our perspective, our focal point? And so, that's uh, the the. I just want to. So what's interesting is most of us, I think maybe the most of the general population, don't get out of the reds because the reds actually kind of feel comfortable to them because that's what they know. Is that a way to say yeah. it? Yeah, so, because we because it's a status change. quo, right? Yeah. Well, we know is, even the comfort of the red. The comfort mm -hmm. of the red is more comfortable than the unknown. <laughs> right, we right. really hate the unknowns. And I've experienced yeah. that myself. It's like even even when I did receive, uh, I received a sum of money that can that really set me up for a while, and I was more of a wreck. I'm usually a wreck which I'm trying to work on and I have therapy on Thursday, but <laughs> maybe I should go to you instead of my therapist. <laughs> don't tell her I said that. Uh, Dr. Uh, Hogan, if you're listening right now, I didn't say that. Please keep me as your client. Um, no, but it's, uh, I forgot where I was going with that because I, I I thought I said something funny and then I got excited that I said a funny joke and then you <laughs> laughed and then here we are. So I forgot yeah, my thought. We both had a brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so interesting. Here's what I've been thinking about as like, because I teach, um, I teach writing as well. And we talk, you know, you talk about the hero's journey all the time and, mm -hmm. and the status quo. So it's about getting, so you, what, what our hero needs to do is get out of status quo. And that's when there's high conflict and we have to write that high conflict and the hero accepts the journey and the journey is completely uncomfortable. And that's why we watch movies because we're watching this person so completely out of their comfort zone, whether it's an action movie or a romantic comedy, there's always a status quo and then they have to get out of it. And in real life, I don't think lots of people like to get out of that status quo. That status quo is so comfortable because it's what we know. So yeah, what but, I you know, know, the great news, yeah. the great news is your core always has your back. And the minute you discern a desire, you will invite so you will get this so well because you're you do writing workshops and you're an author. Every story, I mean, there is a type of story structure called hyperrealism, maybe as you know, that doesn't involve conflict. But other than that, every story works within the confines of conflict, friction, and resolution. Yeah. We use chaos as a mechanism of catalyst of change because spontaneous transformation is so rare. And very difficult. And actually, people that demonstrate trans, uh, spontaneous transformation are, are often labeled as psychotic or like ADHD, right? <laughs> Just mm -hmm. doesn't fucking happen. 
it takes a challenge. It takes a moment of friction for the protagonist to build the resilience, the confidence, the skill sets needed to save the day, live happily ever after until the next quest comes along. Hyperrealism is a story structure without conflict and it fucking tanks in mainstream. Well, it's boring. So fucking boring. Yeah. That's why reality TV shows, they want the most dramatic people on there, the most out there because they know, no, like we, we want to see that chaos. We want to see that conflict. And so when you're experiencing a life of a lot of chaos and conflict and resistance, financial anxiety, lovers that leave you rejection, it feels hard and hard. What you're trying to do is invite yourself to the inner catalyst through chaos. <laughs> so you are trying to save yourself, even though you feel comfortable in anxiety and it's scarier to meet the unknown, I promise you, you're going to attract a lot of situations that will deepen the anxiety and take you to such a fucking level where you change. Some some people don't get there because they don't have the right tools or guidance or they, you know, and and they 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 stay. But most of the time, what you'll experience and what you'll see through the phenomenon of your life is like the best things that ever happened to you typically happened on the back of the worst fucking thing. You lost your job. You started your business. You yeah. The woman divorced you. You met your soulmate. You know what I mean? Like why? Well, that one hasn't because happened to me yet. Chaos <laughs> as creation. Well, no, I mean, after the divorce, I didn't find my yeah. soulmate yet, they, but that's just, that's like a whole nother three hours. Um, but the, but it's interesting that's because the hero's journey thing becomes up so it, it like you call it catalyst and catalyst is another word that we use for inciting incident and inciting incident in film is just like here's the offer and then the hero rejects the offer i can't do that i can't do that I, then i got to do it and that's that's just three act structure and the um so we're probably getting catalyst all the time but we're doing what they call debate in act 1 where we're like now no, no. And, and then the catalysts get worse and they get the more you connect to that desire, the catalyst will get bigger and the resistance will get bigger and more and more and more. And then something will pop. You know, a, a lot of the times it's like, let's say we use uh, a desire. Like I had this when I was trying to uh, build my business, you know, like really wanting a specific outcome and like, oh, I really desire this. Why isn't this working? And I was like all this weird, gross energy around it. I was fixed. I was jealous of people that had success. I was frustrated by my own progress. Vibrationally, I was not a fucking match to what I wanted at all. I was like on a totally different spectrum. And then it was like clients leaving me, um, bills coming left and right, like chaos after the blah, blah, blah. And it gets to a stage where you're just like, fuck it, you know, fuck it, whatever. I'm just going to create what I want to create. Like, that's one example of how chaos like serves those catalysts in our lives. And we've experienced those moments where it's like we reach a space of like uh, surrender or sometimes it's, it's like giving up. And then suddenly the fucking thing that we wanted just pops in our lap right there. We've all experienced this, you know. Yeah. That sensation of release. So once you start to connect to a desire, and sometimes it's not even conscious, you don't even know what it is, but your core is like, oh, because you're experiencing reds, by default, you're connecting to a desire, by default. Once you start to connect to that desire more and more, if you don't intentionally create that transformation, that alchemy, you bet your bottom dollar chaos is going to come in to help you do that. 
because that's how powerful you are and you use as a storyteller, as a human who is inherently a storyteller, you use friction to create the 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 the, the changes, right? Right. So uh so it's not a bad thing, and that's also why we don't want to eliminate reds because they're they're very healthy, they're very powerful. Now, what we don't want to do is get looped into a cycle of depression for like 10 years and, you know, experience anxiety for the rest of our lives and suffer in this state. And that's what a lot of people are experiencing is like they experience red. They think it's because of an outside circumstance, right? It's a condition. And if things change, then they would be happier. They fight off the things that they think are responsible. It's your fault. You said this or you dumped me. You broke up with me. It's your fault unbeknowingly looping themselves more and more into the chaos, into the reds, when really all that was happening when you experienced the red was simply a communication cycle within yourself that said, hey, you've made play, the polar opposite to anxiety, play and courage. Play is the vibration of courage. When you're in play, you can bungee jump off a building. Oh, I can. Yeah, you might be terrified for your life, but you'll fucking do it. When you're in anxiety, it's like you cannot even fucking bring yourself to do a little amount of courage. You just you gave know? me a panic attack saying bungee jumping off. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when you're feeling anxiety, what you're saying now is I have to do it. You have conditions <laughs> over your ability to feel play, to feel courage. The it is an invitation for you to alchemize that sensation within yourself first, not to go to war with mm-hmm. the things that you attracted to bring this desire to life. You created those people that are triggering you because yeah. you're the one who perceived it like that. You're the one who interpreted that story that way. So to fight the people that you think are responsible, like I'm going to go to war with the economy or the government, and that's how I'm going to feel better. You're fighting the conditions. And it's the same thing as when we're saying money will never make you happy, right? Because money is like the, it's the middleman. It's the condition. Money's money's what we use to trade. It's not the actual thing that you want. So it's the same thing when you go to war with like the the chaos itself. I'm going to stop this. You actually like loop yourself into more chaos because you're missing the point. And so your core is going to be like, man, this bitch is not getting it. Throw some more fucking shit her way. So, so on that note, and so it's because there are things in life where we're just like, Hey, wait a second, that is wrong. And we do want to go in there and be like, you're wrong. And then, you know, there's that urge to protest and there's that urge to bring people along with you. What can we do instead of that, that would kind of outgrow that wrong, or maybe it's not wrong and we're the problem. So this is not about saying like you can never speak out against injustice or, you know, fight for rights or things like that. But there's a subtle vibrational difference between somebody who is protesting from a space of like, you're wrong, you're the fault, you need to go. That's a condition. It's sure, maybe they get rid of that. I promise you something else will pop up that they'll be upset about. And what, there, and what yes. you tend to find of protesters is that they live a life where everything pisses them off. Yes. Everything. Because they're attracting that paradigm. They're literally yeah. attracting all the things that trigger and piss them off. Yeah. The difference is like- Mother This is Teresa, why we're getting- Sorry? 
No, I'm just like the, the this I, this is what scares me to death is this is why we're getting Trump next year for president because everyone's going back at it again and I'm just like you guys and it's just like they he was on the cover of the New Yorker again and I'm like you you're why are you attracting this you're doing this and then people get mad at me when they're like uh uh-uh. uh but I'm like all you do is say you know, I'm on I'm online dating right now and I I see these and they're just like no Trump supporters and I'm like. Oh, you're already yelling at me. I don't support Trump, but you're already yelling at me. So no, so no. And it's just <laughs> such a, it's such an, oh, like an okay, virtuous thing. But I'm like, you keep saying no to a certain thing and you keep saying, he's not going to grab my pussy. And I'm like, yeah, I know he's not. I mean, why is this in the front of your mind? Get it out of the front of your mind. Let's talk about other stuff. Um, yeah. When you're saying no to something, I hate my debt. I, I don't want any debt. I don't want to feel broke. I don't want to feel what you're really saying is like your vibrational, your strongest vibration in that moment is the focal point of the lack, the gap, the scarcity of that thing itself, which means you'll actually attract more when we fight. Chaos attract more just, of the problem. It's well, it's it's not it's a problem to you, but right. uh, yeah, the, the, the trigger, if you will. So um, so just back to the protesting when you're uh, fighting for uh, and from a space of green, like fighting for a vision, it's a difference vibrationally than fighting against something. And like, yes. so, and that's what Mother Teresa said. She said, I will never like go to a, a anti-war protest. I'll go to a peace rally. That's what I'll go to. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, because See, actually that's, we uh, that's really powerful. And I, and it's, I feel like I wish um, the the human collective would understand that more when we're uh, trying to change things. It's it's not the the people. It's the, like usually in an argument, the person screaming the loudest is usually the one that's in the wrong. Usually, and it's just because they know inside they're in the wrong, so they got to come out in a, in this big fire, and it's just mm. like, you know, uh, yeah, okay, just, just stay over there. But this. The, let me ask you one uh, one last question. Um, we, 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 I mean, uh, the, and uh, we we don't have to put time limit on it. But uh, what was I just going to ask you now? Because I said the word one last question, and then it threw me off. Um, oh, what is the first thing we can do in order to start to getting to a space where we are, um, where we can build ourselves up to attract the greens? What's what's kind of the first thing we can do? Uh, the first thing that you so your imagination is really the key and it's the secret to it all and you have this muscle this this thing in between your head that is your superpower like no other species possesses this it's wild what has the, the human species has done because of our imagination most of us however uh it kind of does its own thing and it spends most of its day thinking of the worst case scenarios or going back into the past and like reliving things or you know, it's like got its own heartbeat doing its own fucking thing. And we have no, that's my whole life. Oh, that's what I keep trying to get over. Just keep. Okay. <laughs> so so well, how does a because we're like never me? taught. We're <laughs> never taught from a young age how to command this muscle. We're never yeah. taught that. So it kind of does its own thing. It's very powerful extremely powerful the zoom everything we're experiencing was because of a human imagination at some stage or time mm. very powerful 
but it does its own thing. The key is you got to start to command it again. And it's going to feel, it's going to be like the process of doing the splits. It's not going to happen in a day. And in fact, it may feel difficult for you at first when you begin this because it's rusty and you haven't done this. And, but if you are intentional about it, just as you are with the splits, if you keep stretching every day within a few weeks, within a few months, you'll be able to do the splits. It's that simple. There's no big science behind it. You're capable of harnessing your imagination and commanding it and creating the alchemy, giving yourself the greens that you desire, unconditional. You know it's unconditional when you, you're not aware that it's missing anymore. Like if you were single and you wanted a partner and you're still going, I'm meditating or I'm, I'm imagining, where is she? Why isn't she here? It's not unconditional because you still got one eyeball there. You'll know it's unconditional when you don't even fucking care if that person shows up anymore. You're so happy being single. You're so connected. You feel so worthy. You feel the greens that you wanted through the relationship. The moment you crack that, your reality will fucking change. It's pure magic. There's no other words to explain it. So, to do that <clears throat> every day, you sit mm -hmm. with yourself and you can do this in several methods. I did a call this morning with a, a group of alchemists and we uh, we created a Mandela necklace with beads. Basically, every bead that we went on, we held the feeling space of the green that we desired. You can do that by thinking of past memories. So, for example, if you wanted to touch the sensation of abundance and begin to alchemize abundance so that you can experience abundance in your life, you would ask yourself, have I ever felt abundant in my life? Was there ever a moment or experience? Yes, okay, go to that memory, involve your senses as much as you can to elicit that chemical emotional response, perfect. If you've never experienced abundance before, I've talked to some people who have never felt self-acceptance or self-love, they've never had that their whole lives, so they don't even have a memory you imagine a world because guess what? Your imagination can do that. It can make fucking shit up. It can make a world where you are God. You control everything. What is happening? How do you feel? And at first, this will feel hard to touch those. You can imagine yourself making a cauldron and putting the different feelings in there. Like what? Use your imagination, you know, like whatever compels that. But at first, it will feel hard and rusty and maybe even a, a little bit frustrating avoid doing this exercise when you're in red, just do this when you feel good. But bit by bit, the more you do this every day, and it doesn't even have to be that long every single day, within a matter of weeks, and certainly months, you will experience a total shift in your in your well being first, that's what's going to happen first, because reality is a residual. So your, your reality will take a moment to to calibrate to your dominant uh, vibration and, and shift, but you'll experience that well-being unconditionally first, and then you will begin to see threads. So evidence of that which you desire existing, it'll start to pop up more and more in your reality. Be very appreciative and celebrate the fuck out of that when you see that. The worst thing you can do when that starts to show up is become envious or jealous. Like, oh, that person, let's say you want financial abundance and you see somebody who demonstrates that. A lot of us will go, oh, well, he must have a small dick, you know, whatever. His wife must be a bitch. You got to celebrate that and be like, oh, that's a thread. You have the to go get a small dick. Knowing me, this exists, you know, fuck yeah. yeah. And then you'll start to see that compounding and 
it, it's like I can't even explain it. The magic you'll create will be shit that literally will be so hard to explain to other people because it's going to be so synchronicitous and the way it's going to happen you're going to be like yeah I, I so to, so to get back to so to get back to like someone who's at zero and hasn't done this before when we're talking about the imagination essentially we're saying sit down with yourself for five minutes when you're in a green zone and and imagine where you want to be or imagine the feeling you want to have and where you want to be is that is that essentially the the exercise yeah. that they would need to do yes but so and this and then so with alchemy we tie in gnosis because this is the altered state of consciousness that allows us to park the rational mind that little voice that's like yeah right as if <laughs> like park that. and so you do that while you're in a state of gnosis and it's like a loudspeaker gnosis right. can be achieved in many ways cold plunges uh, masturbation, sex magic, uh, meditation, ecstatic dancing, psychedelics, uh, even some people have used food, uh, hypnagogue lights, like there's thousands of ways. In fact, you're doing it naturally as well. Every time you enter a state of flow, of love or of play, you're actually in a state of gnosis because what they've shown through studies is when you're in a state of flow, you're in an autotelic experience where you distend time and your mind, your rational mind is like out of the picture. Mm -hmm. So we naturally enter these states and we can use tools and techniques and sometimes plant medicines to assist that. Not necessary to use plant medicines if that's not your thing. There's thousands of ways to get in there, float tanks, you know. Uh, and it's a process of dating yourself a little bit to figure out what you like and mm -hmm. what works for you. Like, I obviously love masturbating with some mm -hmm. other people. It's like, well, it's been pants. weird because I haven't seen your lower half and I think you've been like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow, she's really glowing. And then now I just totally <laughs> yeah. realized it's what like, it's not an earthquake <laughs> in New Zealand. It's my magic wand. Every witch has a wand, right? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It's it's so interesting as, as women get into the, this is what I've noticed and I'm a dude, so I don't know a lot about it, but like women in their coming into their sexual peak in their like thirties and forties when like, guys, we get it at the worst time, man, we're getting it at 15 and 16. And we're just like losing our minds. And then all of a sudden the women come around they're like, we're ready. And we're like, huh? <laughs> what? I think I was ready my whole life for a long time. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that you're, that's, that's what, yeah. I hear good things about Canadian exports. Um, <laughs> Kat, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
Kat Howell on Drinks with Tony. Check out her book, Magic Source Codes, The Craft of Reality. Tap into the magic of storytelling. Read a novel. Write a novel. I'm reading Proust right now, and I feel like I'm conjuring spirits from a hundred years ago. They're teaching me things that feel contemporary now in 2023 and beyond. Storytelling is magic. Become a magician. I'll see you next week. You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.